to the God Coffee and Resilience Podcast, where you can get your weekly dose of confidence, motivation, and inspiration in the midst of adversity. In every segment, we will discuss faith, life's obstacles that try to get in our way, and how we can maintain our resilience with God and a whole lot of coffee. I am Reese, your host. Grab a mug of your choice and come on in. Everybody and welcome back to God Coffee and Resilience with your host. I'm Reese, and today we have a very important guest with us. Her name is Alicia. Welcome to the fold. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, I'm excited. Here. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I always do this at the beginning, but better late than ever. So um, during the recording, there is a little lag in the in us talking. So if you're saying something, unless I'm trying to get your attention, just keep going. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I always ask this first question because the name of the show is God, Coffee and Resilience. And I always ask about um, coffee or caffeine or what is your favorite caffeinated beverage? I mean, I like <laughs> coffee, 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 coffee. So, um, I, you know, if you have time, I have a funny story about coffee because I was actually trying to give it up for a long time. And yeah. um, I and really what I wanted to give up was the creamer in my coffee. But like, mm-hmm. who likes black coffee? Right. So yeah. it for me, it was like I have to give up coffee. And um, and so one day I was talking to the life coach that I was in the program with and and he said, how's giving up coffee going as I was sipping a cup of coffee? (laughs) And I said, oh, I gave up on giving up coffee. And I don't know if you've ever said I've given up trying to give up something, but it just felt like a dagger in my heart. Like, oh, that did not feel good at all to say that. And so I took a sip of the coffee that I had and it was, it just tasted so sweet in that moment. I was like, okay, let me add some more coffee Mm -hmm. to it. And so I went, I was walking to the kitchen and I was like, had this, if you give a mouse a cookie moment, right? Where if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want some milk. And if I put (laughs) some more coffee in this, I'm going to want more cream. And so And then this thought just popped into my head. I was so mad at my dad because he would, he was refusing to give up creamer in his coffee. And here I was essentially doing the same thing. And so I poured that cup down the drain and then there was no more coffee for the day. So the next morning, which was his birthday, I love that fact that I gave up drinking. I stopped drinking cream in my coffee on my dad's birthday. Um, I took a sip and it was like, this is good. Black coffee didn't taste bitter anymore. It was, it didn't need the sweet. And so it's been about three years since I've had creamer in my coffee and I, I love black coffee now. So it's, that's my caffeine of choice. Um, Uh I do drink tea as well. Um, You know, it's like two cups of coffee is my max. And then I switch to to tea in the afternoon. Wow. Well, can we just can we just commend you (laughs) for giving up creamer? Because creamer is like 
like the the end all be all like kryptonite mm-hmm. cream is everything so i love hazelnut creamer i yeah. don't think i like any other types of creamer just hazelnut and i've started to get go to the fat free one and then hopefully i'll keep on inching down because i don't yeah. know like you give me hope maybe i'll be able to do it <laughs> i'm yeah, just not I'm- there yet I was talking about my to my in-laws about this that it's it's about leverage, right? So right. The, in order to change anything, the pain of staying the same has to be worse yes. than the pain of change. And it, it I don't know why I was watching Sing, you know that move that Disney, I think it's a Disney movie, Sing with the all yes. the animals who were, you know, doing that that concert. And there's this mom on there I work with a lot of moms. So there's uh-huh. this mom on there and she has, she's a pig and she has like 18 piglets. Right. And a yes. husband who goes to work and comes home and has completely stopped paying attention to her. Right. And she wants to be in this concert and she's, and she does all these things where she, you know, rigs up the house to wake up the kids and get them off and feed them and get them off to school and all of this. So she can free up some of her time because she wants so much to be in this concert. And I was like, I realize it's a cartoon, (laughs) Yes, but it's the lesson is still there. If we want to do something, we're going to find a way. Mm -hmm. And if we don't, we're going to find an excuse. And so that's where the Mm -hmm. leverage comes in. Right. So this was just popped in my head like two days ago and I was talking to my in-laws about it. And (laughs) so, you know, it's hard to give up stuff like creamer in your coffee or smoking or these things that are, that we do in order to, numb something, escape something, avoid something, you know? So it's, I was avoiding the flavor of black coffee and there's a million ways to give up coffee or a million ways to give up the creamer and you just have to find the thing that works for you. Yes. I mean, you just gave me us a whole word and this is the very beginning (laughs) of the show. No, but I mean, I couldn't log off right now. Like I got my word. You could apply that to so many things in life, like a Mm -hmm. weight loss Mm -hmm. and eating right, or me trying to drink a gallon of water a day. Sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't. But it was very important what you said. The want to want to change has to be greater than staying the same. And Mm. I agree 100%. And I know a lot of... A lot of life coaches will say, like, what's your why? Or you you hear that term, what's your why? And I yes. honestly, I never really got it where like I understood it until very recently where, mm-hmm. you know, I my my dad is uh, given a prognosis of six months to a year to live and um, my boyfriend hit a number on the scale that he wasn't excited about and And so he started watching YouTube videos about how to lose this belly fat. And I was watching them and I went down this YouTube rabbit trail and, and I found landed on a video that was talking about eating for heart health and brain health, which are two things that are in my genetics. And Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, well, I, I think I have a plan. Like I, I like the foods that they're talking about. I, 
can give up the foods that are also really bad for you. And it's like, it, it hit that leverage. And, and the why is like, I want to live as long as possible and help as many people as possible and be here for my son as long as possible without having these physical ailments, right? Like I don't, I don't want to have a heart attack at, at 75. I don't want to have Alzheimer's. My, my grandma lived with that for 15 years. It's an awful disease and I don't want it at all. Like, please no, you know? And so if I can do something to avoid it, I'm going to do that. Yes, I agree. A hundred percent. Alzheimer's took my grandpa and now it's taken my grandmother. My grandmother's still alive. My grandpa dad died in 2015. And so it's just so, it's so, it's such a horrible disease just to see such a strong person, strong personality just fade um, into being lost. And there's like nothing, you just feel so hopeless, but we have something in common because we we're strong, we're overcoming, we're there for them and praying for them as much as possible. But I think there's something to say for you saying you're trying, you know, your genetics, you know, what runs in your family and you're trying to prevent it as best you can. Like, I think this year in May, I started working out every morning at five 30 and I would roll myself out of bed. And every time when I thought I'm going to go back to bed, this isn't it. It's too early. Mm-hmm. And it's a Monday. I would mm-hmm. just say, do you want to end up with diabetes? Do you want to end up with heart problems like everybody else in your family? I'm like, absolutely not. So I go to the yes. gym and that's all I need. There you go. So I've been trying to stay consistent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very yes. similar. Like I've been on this this weight loss journey. Just um, mo- like the number on the scale actually matters for me right now because I'm uh-huh. working on becoming a single or a surrogate mom, and um, so you have to be a certain weight to uh, to do surrogacy. And right now, I have about 13 pounds left to go. And so, but I'm also making choices that are like, well weight is great, but being healthy is better. So I'm, yes. I'm like, how can I do both <laughs> as quickly as possible? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah, I'm I, excited for you. I have you. never met anyone that, um, that, that does surrogacy or I've never met a surrogate mother or, uh, or a surrogate mother to be. And so mm-hmm. kind of, I know I'm kind of like going away, but I'm just going to let, let us flow. Um, what is it? Let what is the process God, right? like? <laughs> yes. Like what is the process <laughs> like for, um, or how did you get involved? Or is the person you're ser- doing the surrogacy for someone, you know, or. Um, so I actually, um, it's funny because I, I wanted to be a surrogate before I even knew that that was a, that there was a word. So I was 16 years old. I did not want children. Um, I try not to say that when my son's around because it hurts his heart. (laughs) I changed my mind, obviously. Um, But at 16 years old, I was like, I am not having kids. And my friend was like, oh, I really want to be a mom, but I don't want to go through labor. And I was like, huh, well, I really want to experience pregnancy. I just don't want the baby at the end, you know? And so I was like, I'll have a baby for you. How about that? And so I'm 16 years old volunteering to do surrogacy. 
Um, right. So ten, fast forward 10 years later, I met a surrogate for the first time, learned what it's called. And I picked mm -hmm. her brain for an hour. I was like, tell me everything. And I was so excited. I went home to my husband at the time. I said, I want to do surrogacy. He goes, absolutely not. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I put it out of my mind and, um, I had my son, uh, I was 29 years old when I had my son and, uh -huh. um, about a year later we split his dad and I split up. And mm -hmm. so, um, and that's actually kind of part of my story, but, um, you know, the, I was, I was in this pit of despair as I like to call it. <laughs> mm -hmm. here we go we could kill two birds with one stone okay um yes. so i'm in this this pit of despair and i i was self-employed and um i was worked in a direct sales business and i had also gone through a divorce before and at that time i quit the the business i went back to work full-time and i didn't want to do that with a 14 month old i wanted to be a stay-at-home mom with him as much as i possibly can and so mm -hmm. I was looking for part-time jobs as something to supplement my income while I was in the pit of despair and didn't really want to do the things that I needed to do to make income. And so um, I ran across this ad for surrogacy and I was like, oh, yes, yes, please. And so I filled out the application. I met them in June. I was matched in July. I started the meds in August and I was mm -hmm. pregnant by my um, September. And you know, I don't really want to set up the expectation that that's how it's going to go because every journey I've had has been di di different. Um, I've had three babies for other people. Um, but it really was that first time to supplement my income. Um, and then all the other times, you know, the money was nice, but it was like, oh, I just like being pregnant and I like helping a person's family grow. And the, the gift like of it's essentially creating a mother because someone right. who really, really wants to have a baby and you, and they just can't. And, um, for, for whatever reason there, you know, there, there's been never found the right man. There's been, they just yeah. couldn't conceive on their own. There's been, she had kids with a first husband, married a younger man, froze her eggs. They just, and you know, he wasn't ready at that point to have kids. And so she froze her eggs and, um, and then I carried their, their baby. And I'm like, Oh, you're 50, honey. And you're starting over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Start over. Wow. Okay. That is so, yes. That's so interesting. That is so interesting. You said you had three kiddos for other mm -hmm. people, but I also think it's, it's a big, big blessing. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's something that, um, I feel like you have to be called to do. Like most people don't wake up one day and say, hey, I want to be a surrogate. But from a young age, you kind of was like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, I'll do you this this favor. Yeah, I'll help you out. But mm -hmm. I also think it, it it's huge to the families. Like you said, they can't have children or some medical reason or something right. or another. Um, and you bless them with the child and you you're like, have have any of them ever said you're now part of our family? <laughs> or is it like they do they cut it afterwards or uh so the very last one um i'm aunt alicia for um for them and um or for the baby he turned three in october um oh. he's he's just the cutest baby he's from the philippines and, and he's just so adorable 
Um, the yeah. first family it was an odd experience. It was um, they kind of showed up, took the baby, and ran. And I never saw the baby again. I don't know what her name is. I didn't get to really say goodbye. Again, not a mm -hmm. typical situation. The second right. time I had like a a year of updates from from the mom which was what the contract said is that I get updates for a year. And then it was just like cut off. And I was like, Oh, you, I mean, I would have liked like an email of like, okay, here's your one year. Thank you so much. We're done now. <laughs> but yes. Okay. I, that's fine. Um, so this last time, so now I just tell surrogate um, families, like I'm totally fine with whatever you want. What I mm -hmm. want is, an agreement that we come to together of what what happens postpartum yes. and if you change your mind that's fine just let me know so mm -hmm. um the new mom that i'm working with she's she's actually local like three hours north of me um the other mm -hmm. families have all been uh international families but um the this uh, this new mom, she's three hours north of me. And um, she's like, I, I just, I love connection and, and communication. And, and I'm as open to you being in our lives as, as you are. And I'm like, that's cool. So. That's sweet. That's sweet. Well, I know that I want I want to give you enough time because I know I can talk about surrogacy and <laughs> I love OBGYN. That was one of my favorite rotations. I hope to still specialize in that before I retire. But mm -hmm. let me get back on track. You said you were in the depths of despair after you had your kiddo mm -hmm. at 29 and um, you guys were kind of going through a divorce or was it like a separation? So we were going through a divorce. Um, it was pretty much uh, he was done with um, with the relationship and I wasn't mm -hmm. yet <laughs> at that point. Right. Um, I honestly I had to because my like, OK, I knew I, I if I was going to be a mom, that was fine. But I, it wasn't that I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a family. And so my definition yes. of family was very specific. Mom, dad, baby. And mm -hmm. so I had to kind of go through this process of redefining what family was. And I actually, not in a mean way, but I, I killed off my husband uh, because mm -hmm. the man that I was in love with was gone. And so mm -hmm. it felt like a death. And yes, his body is still in existence and, and there's still talking back and forth and, and sharing of our child. But, but essentially the man that I was in love with is, was gone. And right. that was one of the ways that I had to reconcile this divorce. Um, you know, it was easier, not that divorce is ever easy, but it was easier the first mm -hmm. time because it was sort of my decision. Like I was ready to leave. I was, we didn't have any kids together. Um, right. he went to his, his coast and I went back to my coast and like, we had, we yeah. ha still have, you know, <laughs> uh, 3000 miles in between us. Um, he and I have a friendship now, but it, you know, it was like, it wasn't as hard. It was hard, but it wasn't as hard. Right. And, but this time there's a kid and, and he's the same age I was when my parents got divorced and I never wanted that for him. And just, 
and and going through all of these emotions that I was going through while you know I basically everything that I had been proud of was stripped away so I was a leader in the top two percent of this company that this direct sales company I had earned a free car with them I was a I was a wife and I was a military wife and I was a mom and like so I had all of these things and one by one they started going away and then obviously I'm still a mom but I just felt like this horrible mom because Mm -hmm he was started exhibiting these behaviors that I was like, what is wrong with this kid? I don't, I don't understand. Um, Mm. Luckily I had support and, you know, that's one of the reasons that I'm, uh, I call myself the mom support coach. I support moms with the things that they're going through. Um, Yes. Because, you know, I, my, my sister knew what was kind of going on. And she's like, you know, I think that you need to talk to his doctor and get him into early intervention for autism because the early intervention is going to be key if he's on the spectrum. And she was going through school for this. And I, so I trusted her implicitly. Um, I went through the process he was diagnosed at three years old. Um, but he, it it was like borderline when he got the diagnosis Uh because of all that inner intervention, early intervention. So high, highly recommend early intervention. If you have any questions, (laughs) if your child is on the spectrum, go to your doctor, ask for an earlier intervention program. And then, you know, unless it's a super specialized place, pull them out Uh around four or five years old. Cause at that point they, they don't always know what to do beyond that but yeah autism so (laughs) fast yes no like that's so good because I mean I'm obviously I'm new to Texas I haven't looked up all the places there is to look up for everything and so Mm -hmm. um it's different because before here I was in Virginia and I was doing psychiatry so after being there for two years I kind of knew where to refer people what clinic is great for that who has great this great that Mm -hmm. and now I'm in Texas and Texas is so huge like there's you can drive 15 minutes one way and be in in another city and drive up 15 30 minutes the other direction and you're in another city and I'm like this is a lot but um I see kiddos every day um but the 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 other I guess weird the weird part about it to me is when they're very young either they have the speech delay or it's other little signs that they're autistic and the parents didn't even think twice about it and now they come to me and they're like 12, 13, 14. And I'm like, have we ever had a psychological completed? (laughs) And so I think it's good that you said that because autism is more um, prevalent than what you think. Like it's more, it's here. And um, most parents don't know what to do or what that means or what it looks like. So I'm happy you said that. I think the stigma is starting to be lifted. I'm hoping um, about, you know, the labels and oh, if yes. you take a label and and just understand that the label is there to guide you, it's not there to inhibit you. So if you don't right. teach your kids like, oh, you have ADHD, so you're going to struggle, as long as you're not saying <laughs> that kind of thing, like they don't even really know 
right? Like my right. son, know, he asked me the other day, what's autism? I'm like, I couldn't even give, tell you what it is. Like I can't. <laughs> and he doesn't know, like we've never had a sit down conversation that he's on the spectrum. Um, right. If he ever like really directly asked me, Hey, am I on the spectrum? I'm not going to lie to him. Um, but yeah. he's, he doesn't even have like the individual educational um, uh, plan program program the IEP I didn't mm-hmm. I know it's IEP but I wasn't sure what the P stood for um he doesn't <laughs> even have an IEP you know it's right. it's never been a problem he knows how to behave in class and this most recent teacher was like you know you could send him to school with something to keep his hands busy as long as it's quiet because he's a fidgeter mm-hmm. oh my gosh he was so excited that he got to bring a toy to school and yes. so he bought like three or four of them with his allowance money. I'm like, okay, you're going a little <laughs> overboard on this, but you know, as long as it's quiet and as long as you're listening, as long as your grades keep up, like go nuts. <laughs> yes. And I think that's really important that you brought that up too, because most parents, all they hear is the label and all they think mm-hmm. immediately is whatever their perspective is of the diagnosis, not looking at, okay, but your child was behaving like this before they even had a label, so to speak, or a diagnosis put on them. So Mm -hmm. all that is, is just a way for us to know why we're seeing this, what's happening and how we can help versus not like holding your child back from being successful. It's like plenty, plenty of people on the spectrum graduate. They go into IT, they build things, architecture, like they do amazing things. And um, I was like, it's not, it's not going to hold them back. It's not something that's going to get in the way. It's something that's actually unique and great, but they don't see it that way because of the stigma. So I hope too, that maybe one day the stigma will be gone, not just for autism, but for all of it, because I deal with it every day. Um, Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened, like, as your child got, was, as you were raising your child, you went through the divorce, what were some of the things that you kind of leaned on? I know you mentioned you had a support system, Mm -hmm. but what were like the really big things that when you look back and you, on that time in your life, you just say, God, if that wasn't there, I don't know how I would have made it. I, I, I'm just going to repeat support because, you know, when I, when I left, um, my, husband, he, I moved in with my parents, my dad and my stepmom. And my dad said, when I moved in, we're not built in babysitters. My, your, my, your stepmom and I both have jobs. Like we're not here Mm -hmm. to babysit. And because of the headspace that I was in, I heard, don't ever ask for, for help. Don't ever ask Mm -hmm. us to babysit. That's what I heard. Right. (laughs) Um, which, you know, maybe he could have said it differently. Maybe I could have heard it differently, but that's what I heard. And, um, so for a long time, I felt alone. I felt like that to me, that's what being a single mom was. And like that actually produces some emotion. Like I'm kind of tearing up. Like I just felt alone. And there was a, a moment where, um, my son had was doing something. I like it all blends together. <laughs> I was telling him yes. one time when he was three that he was, you know, 
he got in trouble and I said, I either locked you in a closet or I locked myself in the closet. I don't even remember. I know there was a closet, but I just was like, I got to get away from you. That only happened once. Don't call CPS on me. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> um, that's, I, I don't think I've ever even talked about that before that that was, there was just this one time and it wasn't like for hours or anything. It was maybe five minutes, but yeah. Um, it, I just like, it all blends together. I don't remember. And, but mm-hmm. something happened and I was on the phone with my friends. Um, and I said, I don't want to be a mom anymore. I, I just, I can't do this. And we, I don't remember what she said, but we hung up and she was sympathetic. Like it wasn't just like, okay, cool. That's nice. Bye. Like, but she was, <laughs> Uh, but she called me back and she said, you know, I, ha- if you're serious, I have a friend that will take him. And that was like this lightning bolt, like moment of, whoa, I don't, I don't think that that's actually the problem. I think I just need a break. Yeah. And so, um, I called his grandma, his dad's mom. And I said, would you like to a visit? <laughs> Would you like to see him? <laughs> Would you like to meet me halfway? Because they live in Oregon. I'm middle California. And so um, I was like, do you want to meet halfway? And so I, I got a week break. And it was, and I started to realize that when I would get to those moments where everything he would do was frustrating to me, I just needed a break. Because um, yeah. I worked from home. He was at home. And mm-hmm. I, I still didn't really have that. I hadn't identified that support yet. Right. Right. So I, because of my business, um, I was, I was still, I had dropped back down to like the top 10% of the company. Um, and I was wanting to get back to the top 2%. And so I got on an email list for a life coach. Um, and I remember this email very specifically that at the, at the beginning of the email or the, what is it called? The subject of the email said yeah. this year, it was January 1st, 2017. And it said this year, I wish you more pain. And it was P A I N period, period, period. Right. So it was spelled out pain. And so it was an acronym. Uh-huh. And I, that email made me mad or that subject made me mad. <laughs> yeah. And then I read it and I understood that the pain basically was like you grow through the pain. Right. Mm -hmm. So he was doing this, this, um, program, an online program called success and fulfillment inside the business that I was in. And I was like, I want success. Fulfillment would be nice, whatever, but like, I want success. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so I went through this program. I ended up hiring a one-on-one coach. And, um, you know, I, I, I still haven't gotten back into that top 2% of the company, but it, it wasn't, even though that was the goal, I, I pivoted because I fell in love with coaching, but the, I remember after maybe six months of coaching that I went to this event at my with my direct sales company and I was driving home and I got overwhelmed with Mm -hmm. emotion of 
And I sent three people, my coach, my upline, who was my best friend, and my roommate, who was my my other best friend. I sent the, those three women a text thanking them for how supported I felt over the last year. And it was, it, I think it was just a year's time where I went from this pit of despair to realizing how much support that I had in my life. It might've been two years, I'm, <laughs> but yeah. it was, you know, it was, it, and it wasn't that the support wasn't always there. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see it. I just, mm-hmm. my blinders were up to, to all the things that I had to be thankful for and grateful for. Mm-hmm. The blinders were just up. So, yeah. Gosh, that's, that's really good. Really good. Your support was always there, but because it didn't look the way you thought it was going to look or present the way you thought it was going to look, you didn't see them. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that you, you're still doing coaching now, right? Yes. What is the the more coach? (laughs) What is the most common thing that new moms kind of complain about? Or what's the most frequent thing that you see with new moms? You know, there's, I've identified five things um, Uh that, that moms struggle with that really steal the peace um, out of their life and, and peace is an acronym. So there's people, emotions, the almighty dollar, chaos, and Uh, exhaustion. And so people, our relationships, the thing, the, you know, our spouse, our in-laws, our kids, (laughs) Um, the emotions, guilt is a really big, big emotion. Um, That's Mm -hmm. really kind of what propelled me into the coaching arena um, because I had this mom guilt that I was carrying around. Um, And when I let go of it, it was like 50 pounds of emotion just taken off my shoulders. Um, The almighty dollar, like money struggles are are very common. Um, Chaos is just the overwhelm of the things that we've agreed to do and not asking for help and (laughs) all those all those things that, that we women do, like we put on our superhero and our super S on our chest and put on the cape and let I can do it all. And it's like, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> Not if you want to be happy. Um, and exhaustion is self care. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can think of somebody I know. I had a friend who had a, a baby girl this year and, mm. um, the the in-laws was being something terrible and mm-hmm. the guy who she had the the child with was acting very strange and so she just mm-hmm. felt like she had no support and mm-hmm. every time she was home the baby's crying she's just like i don't even I don't even like, she was like, I'm still trying to understand that this is my child. (laughs) And I mean, we had to work with her on a lot of things on connecting the dots. And she's like, I just can't believe I'm this old with a child and I have no help. But over the last couple of weeks, she has, you know, kept me in a loop and been talking to me and she's getting more and more help. Um, But 
in the beginning, it was rough. It was very rough. That was her first child. So yeah, I can totally understand where the support is needed, but for other people who, you know, parents might've passed or, you know, they don't have best friends or good friends, or it was something that happened to them as to why they ended up pregnant and so forth. Where can people like find and connect with you? Like if they ever wanted to be coached by you, because I don't know a lot of coaches that deal with new moms. I know coach for weight loss. I know coach for empowerment, a coach for public speaking, coach for entrepreneurs, but you are the first. And I think that makes you very unique. And so I want you to share, where can people find you, connect with you? Yeah. Coaching moms specifically, like, Mm -hmm. yes, I can coach entrepreneur moms and, and, and just regular moms, stay at home moms and work at work out of the home moms. Like, um, it's, I I don't see that out there quite a lot. And so I've actually (laughs) resisted like marketing as a, as a entrepreneurial mom coach specifically. Like, I'm like, I just love moms. Like we have the best job in the world. And a lot of times we don't enjoy it. And so like, let's enjoy this most amazing job in the world is raising the next generation. Um, so I am the mom support coach. So I'm at mom support coach on um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, and I have a website, alishalyons.com, A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S, because it's a little bit different, um, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with um, there. I I think you said the word isolation, and if you didn't, that's what I heard because new moms feel very isolated, especially inside COVID. Like COVID was yeah. rough for a lot of of people, but moms mm-hmm. especially, and and that support system that we used to have before COVID was. taken away like I had a system he goes up to his his dad's house on you know uh, every holiday at this point since he's in school but before that it was every three months and I had this I had my um, my mother-in-law takes him overnight for this amount of time and my mom might take him and he might go over to my brother's house to play with his cousins and like I had all of this support and then we're not supposed to leave our house. And I'm like, Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> and I told him that I wanted to be honest with him. I said, I'm, I'm scared because moms need breaks from their kids and right. kids need breaks from their moms. Like mm-hmm. no joke. It's, it's a both way street. And I think the next day he said, mom, I need a break from you. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I never needed that break. And I just, I was, I was so proud of myself that I had gotten to this point where I was like, I don't need the break. And when I, I didn't need like a week long break. I needed a break from the house. Like every three days I was like, I'm going to go up to Starbucks and get myself a drink because I just need to drive somewhere. Yeah. And you know, it was like, I just need to be out of these four walls for a minute. 
And so I gave yes. myself that and and now I go for walks because Starbucks isn't, you know, the healthiest thing and doesn't, isn't conducive to weight loss. So, um, right. you know, I'm going for my walks to get out of the house and, and um, I, we have a dog, I'm sure you heard him barking in the back in the beginning, but um, I'll go for a short distance with him and then I'll come back mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll tie him up and then I go by myself because there's something so powerful about just being alone with my thoughts and not having to work or to, to worry about and take care of anything else mm-hmm. but me. It is. It is. Yeah. And everybody keeps telling me like, you better enjoy these, these years you have to yourself, you know, cause everybody's like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I'm not rushing it, but you are. And I don't really know why. Um, but everybody's <laughs> like, my married friends are like, please enjoy this time. This is your time. Because once you get married or once you have kids, you'll be wishing you could take a bubble bath by yourself, let alone use the bathroom. And I'm just like, uh, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm, you know, it's, it's like, I spent my whole life desperate to be in a relationship. And, you know, and I love the relationship that I'm in right now. And I'll be sad, a normal sad when, when, or if it, if it ends. But mm-hmm. I, I'm also like, I'm okay. I'm not. Yeah. You know, there's that, there's that piece of me that never felt worthy unless I was in a relationship and I haven't tested it because I, I feel worthy now. Um, but I've been in a relationship. And so, you know, if like there's, I don't ever want to test it, but there's a little part of me that I'm like, I want to see how, how, how I react if this ever ends, you know, I'm not going to do that, but But I get what you're saying. Like, um, I don't know if you listen to Adele, but I'm sure you know who Adele is. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was she did this interview with Oprah and she was saying, this is my first time after her divorce and everything. She started dating the basketball player and she said, this is the first time I've ever been in a relationship and not and, and felt like I have all of me. I'm whole. I have everything that I need right here. And he's just or the relationship is just additional like she she's like I don't need him but I'm with him like he he compliments me I compliment him but whether he's with me or not I'm okay in so many words I paraphrase that but I was just like yeah that is that is something to be said about where your self-esteem is and where your confidence is and how you feel about yourself how you carry yourself when Mm -hmm. or when you're not in a relationship I'm glad you said that that essentially that's where the pit of despair came from because I mean, I was depressed after both relationships ending and I was desperate to get into the next one. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was because I didn't feel complete by myself. I didn't feel whole on my own. I felt like I was half of a person looking for my soulmate and, and really like I found my soulmate, but I'm, I'm, my soul is complete and so is his and we come together and create you know like what is it called in science like a nucleus like we just like bind right (laughs) but on our own like we're 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 oxygen and helium and my son's oxygen too so we're h2o right (laughs) yes yes i love it i love it yeah so (laughs) 
Yes. Well, I would love to say thank you so much, Alicia, for coming on the show and um, talking about your story of resilience, but also just sharing all the things, like all the good news. I know there is a reason why we, I kind of felt like we were all over the place, but I was like, there's a method to the Lord's madness. There is. And somebody needed to hear what we talked about today, regardless. So I was like, everything isn't always going to be perfect, but um, I think there's perfection in the chaos. So I thank you for being chaotic with me today. We shook something up. I, I love the natural flow of conversations. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode with me and somebody else talking to me, I have a podcast called Imperfect Mommying. And um, yes. <laughs> and so it's specifically for moms who just want to grow and listen to the stories of other moms. So not to steal yes. any of your listeners, but um, no, you know, I just I think that. It's good for people to know that that there is a podcast out there for moms and pers- yes. personal development. Yeah. And it's better. Yes. Better parenting through self-healing. Like it starts with our own healing and we can parent better when when we are whole and complete on our own. Yes. And I love that. And I will definitely be subscribing. And I encourage all of you who are listening to please go check out the podcast. If you know a new mom or somebody that's going to be a new mom, or maybe you yourself are a new mom, please go check it out and um, support it. I think that you'll get a lot from it. Oh, man. I loved having you on the show. I really did. And I mean, even if you want me on your show later on down the line, I don't have any kiddos. But if you want to come back on my show, you can. Um, mm-hmm. and we can definitely talk because there are so many which ways this this conversation could have went. But for the sake of time, <laughs> right? You can have a comment. <laughs> yes, a part two. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, love, so much. Could would you mind um, sharing your Instagram handles and your um, website one more time? Absolutely. So it's at mom support coach on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and alishalyons.com, A-L-Y-S-I-A-L-Y-O-N-S.com. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Miss Alicia came on here and shined her light bright for all of us. And I hope that you go check her out and support her, even if you just want to get feedback of, of what your takeaways was from this episode. And I thank you all for listening as always. And I will see you again on the next episode. Thanks, guys. for tuning in to this week's episode of God Coffee and Resilience. You can also follow us on Instagram at God Coffee and Resilience Podcast. You can also follow the host, Reese, at The Resilient PA. And you can also check out our website at TheResilientPA.com. Take care, guys.